1: It's that meme that we've talked about before. Everyone can see it. It's circulating on Twitter, as always. The, oh boy, am I excited to watch my favorite team building. Finally, at the end. Nice, we won. Another one of those, exactly what the Eagles like to do to us week in, week out. But I'm not a big fan of the whole Super Bowl revenge thing. It was definitely a rematch of the the matchup. Doesn't, you know, take away the fact that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and the Eagles didn't. But the Eagles are 9-1 with the best record in the NFL right now. Welcome into the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jess Taylor. I'm here as always with Shane Half. Rachelle's behind the glass with us. Shane, it's late. It's eleven twenty nine on the East Coast. This was the longest Monday Night Football game ever. Quite possibly one of the ugliest Monday Night Football games ever. But the Eagles somehow managed to come out with a win. After, I will say, the defense did anything and everything in the second half, made all the adjustments necessary to make sure that the birds could come out with a win tonight.
2: Yeah, are are we sure this wasn't a Thursday night game? Because this looked a lot more like teams playing on five days rest than 15 days rest. Uh, Wow, what a game.
1: Two teams coming off the bye? That's only Andy Reid's fourth loss ever coming off a bye. He statistically has the best record of any head coach in games coming out of a bye week. I remember that from the, you know, his time being here and, you know, being like, Oh, the bye that's, you know, looking at the schedule, that's a dub coming out. And it always was, that was just his fourth. I think it said he was 18 and three now 18 and four coming out the bye week.
2: Yeah. I, I, I I saw a different one uh, earlier this week. I think it was like 21 and four or something like that.
1: Whatever I, they showed it before the game. I yeah. can't remember for the what the numbers were. It was a lot, a lot of wins, not very many losses. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I tweeted something earlier this week about. I said a uh, fun fact: Andy Reid has lost four games coming off the bye, and Nick Sirianni has never lost a game coming off of a bye. Let's not talk about sample size. I'm here to tell you tonight: <laughs> Nick Sirianni has still never lost a game coming off of the bye.
1: That's all you need to know. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, why don't we start with with that? Why don't we start there in the coaching realm? Because I feel like that's that's where my frustrations are at the moment. It's where they kind of resided for the duration of the game. We can get into the special team situation. We can get into all the you know the individual kind of issues and pinpoint problems that we had throughout the game it was an ugly game across the board obviously the weather probably played a factor on both sides of the ball um the officiating was horrific on both sides of the ball I thought there were bad calls each way you know Joshua was held aggr- aggressively on the first touchdown for the Chiefs got a- they got away with that that call got their touchdown uh you know that was a hold that was absolutely, absolutely a missed call on the touchdown on the other end. So I thought there were things kind of, you know, you you like a game where you uh, forget the officials were there. And that was, that was not the case tonight, but um, let's start with the, the coaching aspect. Um, One coach, one, one coordinator had their, their ass handed to them in the first half and made the correct adjustments in the second half. The other one, We are at, what is it? Week 11? Is it technically week 11? Was that the end of week 11?
2: Yes. Week 11. Okay, we're at
1: week 11, and we are still concerned about the offensive play calling.
2: Yeah. um, I haven't been concerned about the offensive play calling until tonight. And tonight, I would have fired, uh, I would have fired, what's his name? Oh my gosh. It's too late. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. (laughs) I would have fired Brian Johnson on the sideline in the third quarter when he decided on third and one to go in the shotgun and hand the football off. Like you literally haven't converted a third down all night. You get into a third and one. You have a play that converts 95% of the time. Call the play. Like just call the play and they don't and you get stopped and you punt it and your defense gets another three and out. And then you get back to a third and one and this time you call it. And what do you know? You convert, you end up going and scoring a touchdown. Um, Man, the, the offense was brutal in this game. Uh, Brian Johnson was atrocious in this game. You get down on the goal line, you're backed up inside the 10 and, and you call a wide receiver screen screen to Devonta Smith, which has never worked and it doesn't work. And so second and 10, Let's dial up a wide receiver screen to Julio Jones. You know, that speedy guy that is out there running laps around people. Let's do that. And then when that doesn't work and we punt, let's open the next drive with back-to-back screens again. Like Brian Johnson was absolutely horrendous in this game. I don't know if he felt he was limited by Jalen Hurts, which is certainly valid because Jalen Hurts, that's probably the worst game Jalen Hurts has played since 2021. Like, there might be a worse one in there I'm not thinking of. It's the worst game I remember Hurts playing in a long time. The offense was just in a bad place. And part of your job as an offensive coordinator is when things aren't going right, you're getting beat up front. Your quarterback is skittish in the pocket. You have to have an answer. And Brian Johnson had no answers tonight. None.
1: I think that, honestly, the Philadelphia Eagles would have been better off play calling wise if they just asked Twitter for a bunch of plays and put them in a hat and let Brian Johnson pick them out and read them to Jalen Hurts. I think that would have been a more efficient way to call this football game than whatever the hell just happened. And and here's the thing, like the Kansas City defense, like they are the best defense in the NFL right now. They are an unbelievable defense and they are playing out of their minds and honestly they're the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs have the record that they do today because their offense has mightily struggled obviously you have a guy like Travis Kelsey and some other guys who can be considered weapons at times but when you think about what they've had over the last couple of years and look at it today on Kansas City's offense it's not the star power that that they're used to and you know Patrick Mahomes is out here kind of throw into no one a little bit. And they have had this very similar type struggles to the Eagles. They struggled a lot in the red zone early on. They have some issues with drops. They have some other things that they're, they're kind of struggling with. Their defense has been the reason that they have the record that they do to date. I mean, even think about their, their last game before the bye when they played in, in Germany and they, you know, they went, they, win. they c- couldn't score points in the second half. They give up 14. They win on a scoop and score, you know, fumble recovery. For a touchdown. So, you know, you knew going in that this defense was going to be tough, but the, you know, you expect your offensive line to play way better than they did. You expect your quarterback to play a little bit better and you expect your offensive coordinator to you, like pull his head out of his butt a little bit for, for some of this. Um, obviously like you know, Jalen Hurts didn't look great, but he made some crucial plays when, when he needed to, obviously that ball at the end to Devonte Smith to set up the touchdown. But easily best play of the game for Jalen came at the perfect time. Um, there were a lot of I think I use the word skittish, and I think the entire offense and each player almost looked skittish the whole game.
2: Yeah. Um, even even the Devonte pass like that should have been a touchdown. Hurts underthrew that, and, and Devonte did a really good job of adjusting to it. It, it was just it wasn't a good game for Jalen Hurts, and no. it. It it wasn't a good game for Jalen Hurts. It, it wasn't a particularly good rushing day. I mean, DeAndre Swift had 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, the stats will look good. As a team, they rush for 114 yards and three touchdowns. Two of them are QB sneaks on the one, one of them coming from that underthrown ball to Devontae Smith. But the run game wasn't dominating. The, the offensive line was really struggling at times. Jalen Hurts was really struggling in this game. And the defense steps up and that's what good teams have to do. Like everyone will not always play their a game. And tonight the offense didn't even play like their D game. It was bad. The Eagles defense allowed 20, uh, 22.8 yards per possession in the second half to the chiefs. They forced a turnover and they shut them out and they let the Eagles offense limp their way back into the game down 17 to seven. They win 21 to seven and sure. Should the chiefs have scored at the end of the game? Absolutely dropped pass. That should have been a touchdown. Uh, they drop what should have been a fourth and 25 conversion that I would be furious about if it happened. Cause I don't have a clue what that coverage was, but they didn't. And they are able to close out the game. And that's a, that's encouraging. Like we just watched what the Cowboys did two weeks ago to this defense and a Cowboys defense that only had one receiving threat, one major threat. The guy almost got 200 yards. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. They did a great job against Kelsey. And Ke- Kelsey had one drop. It wasn't like a 50-yard touchdown drop or anything. Like He was contained all game. And they forced the Chiefs to go to these other receivers that you're not as concerned about because they are not as good. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't have a good second option. And so I thought the Eagles defense approached the game, right. And the pass rush wasn't able to do a lot. They got pressure. They just weren't able to get home, but the defense handled their business and you take the drops where you could get them. Offenses make mistakes. Sometimes you just take it. And the defense played great in this game. That's the story of this game for me.
1: Yeah, it has to be. I mean, and and you said it You know, in the second half, the chiefs went punt, punt, fumble, punt, punt, turn the ball over on downs. and, they allowed the offense to figure themselves out enough to to be able to to win this game. You know, I don't think anybody thought this was going to be a blowout one way or another. I think everyone, you know, who watches the, the NFL routinely assumed this was going to be a relatively close game here. And, you know, it was going to, ju- it was going to be a, sort of down to the wire come down to a you know fourth and 25 kind of situation with it with a minute and a half left to see you know what's what's going to happen um you know offensively i think this this comment you know is is a good point i and and you know we were talking about it you know here watching the game at the at the end as well you know in some of those screen situations or some of those you know when you're trying to get the ball down the field a little bit when you're at a third and nine and trying to come up with the right play call those are the times where Dallas Goddard is such a big part because it's not like, you know, I think with the receivers and with the running backs, they have, they have such nice depth and such a good enough rotation that like, you know, when you lost Quez for a little bit, Alameda Zaquea has really stepped up and you were able to utilize him a little bit. And it was sort of a seamless transition there. Some days it's Devante, some days it's AJ, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot going on there. Dallas Goddard is really all you have from an effective tight end perspective.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a hole. Yeah, and then Grant Calcaterra, coming off of like missing three games with injury, immediately gets injured again. Uh, and you're down to Jack Stoll, who, hey, he he was what targeted twice, had a three yard reception. Uh, where you really miss, God- yeah, this is it exactly. Comment here on 100%. YouTube. You really miss Goddard in the run blocking. Uh Total. But Stoll is a good run blocker. It's that dual threat you don't have that dual threat anywhere else. And the Eagles chose to go four wide receivers a lot in this game. And I liked that either four wide receivers or two running backs. Um, and I think you're going to see that a lot more. They don't think they have a tight end that they really trust to put in there and use the way that they use Goddard. And so that's probably what you're going to see going forward. Now, hopefully it looks better. Hopefully hurts. Doesn't look as skittish. You're not playing in the rain, all of those things. Right. Uh, and I think that'll get better. Um, Steve Spagnolo is a very good defensive coordinator and very good. he knows he pushes the right buttons with blitzes all the time. Uh, and the Eagles have a very good, very well-coached offensive line and they were running all kinds of games up front that were getting guys in advantageous situations. And I think that rattled Hertz early. Uh, Hertz was sacked five times in the first half. He wasn't sacked in the second half. Uh, he was nine of 15 passing in the second half. So clean it up a little bit. It was still a struggle to move the football. Uh, but I think this was just a case of Hertz got hit a lot early. You're coming off of that bye, your knee was feeling good. Now maybe it's not feeling so good and you got a little rattled. Yep. But they still managed to put up two scores. And when it matters most, they go drive down in six minutes and they win. they put a score up. They give the defense a chance to win this game for them to close it out. And that's the thing about Hurts and the offense. Like, you don't worry about it snowballing. With so many other quarterbacks, you would worry about that first half totally snowballing. And I'm not saying the second half was good. They did not implode. And we have seen teams, very good teams, a team the Eagles are about to play next week, just fully implode in games. Talking about yes. the Bills. The Eagles just don't let that happen.
1: They don't. They they don't. They they've managed to keep everything very very contained and very sort of focused on the drive, the task at hand, the drive at hand. They they don't let you know. And and something Nick Sirianni has talked about a lot in 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 the past, especially in in recent press conferences. It's just talking about how everyone on this team really does have a short memory and they don't let whatever happened on the previous drive let that they don't let that impact how they how they go out for the next one and i think that's as you said with especially like you you see it with the bills and you see how they kind of fall apart you see how teams like the jets or the giants or the commanders tend to fall apart and snowball when those things start to happen the eagles don't don't allow that to and that's one of those you know we talked a lot last year about um, you know, because we had nothing else to talk about when the Eagles were, you know, nine and one and blowing teams out left and right. We talked a lot about you know, the intangibles that, that Jalen Hurts has. And I think especially, you know, it's intangibles from a lot of the the players on this team, but Jalen Hurts, especially kind of having the up and down year that he's had the injury bugging him, the turnovers being such a problem, him being able to do that and still lead them down the field for, for multiple scores to get this win. It's it's one of those things that it, it just can't be understated how how important that is to this team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, as frustrating, like I I said right after the game, this is the like this was the this was the most oh I don't even remember how I worded it. It was the most frustrating win. Or the, that's right. I said it was the most miserable win I've ever watched. Like just felt miserable the whole game. But yes, at the end of the day, nine and one. Best record in the NFL. This was a huge game, and there's bigger games coming Chiefs, or not Chiefs, uh, Cowboys again, uh, the Seahawks, the 49ers, these NFC teams. There's bigger games on the horizon, but this is a huge win because you're in that five game stretch where we said, I said at the end of the last post game show, win three of the five, go three and two, and you're probably a 14 and three seed with the one team. This is the toughest team in this stretch. There's a couple really tough ones still coming up. They need to continue to win. But this win is huge for playoff positioning, despite how miserable it felt at times, despite how disjointed it looked offensively. And it's really important to see, coming out of the bye, that the defense was just able to handle a clear number one receiving threat. And that's the thing I'm going to... We'll talk about the de- or the offense and how bad it was. I'm really encouraged by what the defense did. And I'm going to try to channel that throughout the next week.
1: Yeah. Smart. I, and, and that's, that's so true. You know, we were, we were talking throughout the game kind of, you know, of, it, it, you know, love that they play the giants, you know, twice in the last three or four games of the season here. Um, you know, that's, and, and, but it, it, what it's going to come down to is because these teams in the NFC are playing so well because the 49ers seemingly are back on track because Dallas hasn't lost many games because the lions are playing so well, the Eagles do really need to win these games when they can. I don't care how they do it. They need to keep stacking these wins because it's, you know, they, they're they not going to be the, you know, the clear number one seed in the NFC if if they if they can't continue to, to to win, and that sounds obvious, but so many of these other NFC teams that are at the top of their their division, and hell, Dallas isn't even at the top of their division, but they're just winning a lot of games. It's going to come down to the wire on the 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 NFC seeding, and you know you can jump from the one seed to a wild card team really fast. Yes, in this in this NFC right now.
2: Yeah, and so if we look at it, if we want to play the schedule game. Uh, we look at right now, the Eagles are nine and one, uh, the Cowboys and the 49ers are both seven and three. So you're up two games over each of them. Now you play both of them. Yeah. So if, if you went out except for those two games and they all went out except for those games, then you're in a big mess of a tie. Uh, but when you go look at the remaining strength of schedule, who teams have left, it's not really an easy road for any of these teams. Um The 49ers have the Eagles left. They have the Seahawks twice. They have the Ravens. Uh, They have the 11th hardest strength of schedule remaining. Uh, The Cowboys are at number two. They've got the second hardest schedule remaining. Eagles, Lions, Dolphins, Seahawks, Bills. And then the Eagles are all the way down at number 25. And so we know the Eagles schedule. The other three games are the Giants twice and the Cardinals. Like teams that are legitimately in contention for the number one overall pick. Now, The Cardinals are feisty again with Kyler Murray back, but of the three teams,
1: breaks off of them and Jonathan Gannon's stupid face comes back (laughs) here. Yeah. Oh
2: god. Can you can you imagine the meltdown Twitter will be in if they lost that game and it costs the Eagles the one seed? But the point being, like, Eagles fans are very familiar with how difficult their schedule is. They've got a two game lead right now over two teams that have significantly harder schedules remaining. So the roads paved it's right there to go take and it starts next week with the win against the bills
1: yeah yeah a win against the bills would be would be absolutely huge and you know josh allen is also turning the ball over at an alarming rate um so if the eagles can capitalize on a little bit of that that would be supremely helpful obviously playing at home as well is always a always a good thing to do in in that All right, let's check in on Twitter and see, you know, who we're firing today and and how angry people are. Um, I'm sure Rachel has found some some great tweets here. because As I'm looking at it, there are 70 responses. So I'm sure
2: as yeah, as Rachel jumps in, let me answer this because Patrick on YouTube asked about the Lions being eight and two and I totally forgot about the Lions because in my head I have down the Lions losing this week, but the Bears blew that game. So The Lions also have a more difficult schedule. Theirs ranks 18th. Uh, They have the Cowboys, the Vikings twice. uh, The Saints and the Broncos are listed as their toughest opponents left. So uh, the Lions are legitimately the bigger threat to the one seed from the Eagles than the Cowboys or the 49ers, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, they have the, the one game up on them. And then, you know, I think it's interesting because I know, you know, the Vikings, the Vikings have gotten back on track. It's also a divisional matchup for them. And we talk about it all the time. You know, records go out the window when you're playing a division rival. Um, And then, you know, with with the Broncos are starting to figure it out a little bit. They're making a little bit of noise. Obviously, the Saints are kind of irrelevant. But, I, I mean, I say that, but, like, almost not really because the NFC South is so bad that a team does have to win that division and go to the playoffs that, like, I can say the saints are irrelevant, but also they're really not because that division is so bad. They probably are still in contention to possibly win it if they figure some, a couple things out. So none of those games are necessarily, I mean, record wise, maybe, but they could all end up being very competitive for, for them. So, but regardless, it's still important as we have said for the Eagles to just, Handle what they handle, need to handle, and and win as many games as possible because it's going to be tight up there.
3: Uh, before I get into like the tweets and everything, I wanted to mention Kevin Byard. Um, somebody just mentioned that as well right here. Um, so shout out to him for getting his first pick as an Eagle. Also, Bradley Roby coming back and punching out the ball. Um, from I think that was Travis Kelsey, and then uh, I don't know who recovered. I think it was Morrow. Nicholas Morrow. Yeah, it was Nicholas
2: Morrow fell on it.
3: So two shout outs for both of them coming in clutch with huge plays. Of course, the only person on here getting fired to no surprise, Brian Johnson. Um, But most of the other tweets that I'm seeing so far are pretty much just like finding a way to win um somebody said Gannon could never uh just keep winning (laughs) roller coaster at all times uh Devontae saved us so shout out to him for coming up you know stepping up when he needed to like you guys mentioned AJ Brown was kind of quiet today but it didn't matter I mean it didn't matter but it didn't matter to see Devontae Smith be able to step up and have a big performance um because he has been kind of quiet, you know, throughout the season. That was nice to see him getting a little bit of the shine. Um, redemption, they, like, broke it up into three different words. Um, glad it's over. Worried about the offense. And wow, we won, question mark. So,
1: yeah. Wow, we won, the question mark, is kind of where, I'm, where <laughs> yeah. I'm at. I, like, can't. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to do this every single time yes yeah you knew it was
3: coming yeah do
1: we have to? i forgot all about it until i
3: just saw this if i'm being honest i forgot it had happened but yeah
1: it just
2: oh i, mean, I didn't even is... see the comment i was looking up a stat i thought you were saying are we gonna do this like sweating out every day?" No, oh, uh,
1: oh well yeah
2: oh yeah. i i that... yeah so when i saw when i saw the whole Hertz brown interaction on the sideline i said AJ upset on the sideline Eagles by 20. I saw that that was good
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it just but it you could see exactly what they were saying Jalen was going you were supposed to be doing this and he's like yeah but I had a step on him so I went that way and he's like just keep going that way I thought like I, that's like the conversation yeah. that anybody would have it's exactly the same conversation that Patrick Mahomes was having with, yeah. on the sideline as well but like I think Patrick Mahomes
2: was having some different conversations on the sideline. (laughs) If I'm being honest,
1: Patrick Mahomes needs to stop
2: whining (laughs) all
1: the time. I've really had enough. I've, I've had enough. It's, it's enough. I think we get it. I understand you are the best quarterback in the NFL. No one's, no one's going to fight you on that. No one's arguing with you. Just relax. Okay. It's not my fault. Your GM traded all your weapons away or let them go yeah that's not my problem it's not the referee's problem either go have that conversation with someone else <laughs> that's that's you signed that big contract to stay there forever and ever and ever that's not my problem stop whining pretty I, much i got nothing just stop
2: can i show you my favorite mahomes moment you. from the game yes please. this was my favorite moment from the whole game so uh, uh, right after we get you know drop touchdown dropped fourth and 25 conversion that I'm so glad got dropped and I didn't have to be furious about it this is what happened when Mahomes walked off the sideline he's gonna be nice make a fan's day toss him the glove and they drop it (laughs) like Mahomes receivers can't catch and then he comes off the sideline and tosses that dude the glove and he can't catch either
1: if I see like if I'm Patrick in that moment I pick him up and I smack the hell out of him with that glove Whichever person he tried to throw to, I grabbed that and I just smacked <laughs> that person right across. I
2: might have, I might have picked the glove up and like acted like I was going to hand it to him, and then tossed it in that mm-hmm. trash can that's right there. That's so. <laughs> so, here's my concern. Right. Last year, the offense was so good at the, like it was like you get the ball back with nine minutes and a touchdown lead, and the game's over. Just game, we're going to run the rest of the clock out. Four weeks ago against the Jets, Eagles get the ball up two with four forty three left, and we all know what happens, right? Throw the interception, end up losing the game at uh, two weeks ago against the cowboys they get they get the ball back. What was it? It was they were up by five with a minute seventeen left, and they go three and out, and Dallas is right on the goal line with a chance to win the game tonight. they get the ball back up by four. Uh, with five minutes left on the 44 yard line. And they're not even able to get a field goal. They end up moving backwards and they end up punting the ball back. Like it's three of the last four weeks. The offense has had the ball with a lead with like five or six or less minutes left. And they've been unable to put that game away. Now the defense has come up clutch in those situations. Two of the three. I really need the Eagles offense to be able to end the game. like. I don't know why the four minute drill is just gone now. I don't know why they can't execute that, but that is a concern. Like you don't want to be in the business of giving Patrick Mahomes the ball up less than a touchdown with four minutes left. Like that's generally not going to end well for you or Dak Prescott for that matter. Like that's my, that's my bigger concern than like how the first part of the game looked that happened. The Eagles offense hasn't looked like that this season. We can set that aside and say Spags had a great game plan. You're in the rain. It just wasn't clicking, whatever. I I've seen nine other games where it looked good. Eight other games where it looked good, but this is becoming a pattern of concern. So that's my biggest concern for the offense moving forward is, are they going to be able to end these games when they get the chance?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we talked about in the beginning of the year, right? It was like, you know, we can, we can attribute it to this or we can attribute it to that or we can, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that we we didn't have the sample size at that point. Like we had a lot of different things that we could have attributed it to. And, you know, eventually we got to week four or five and said, okay, when do we stop attributing this to growing pains, new coordinators, getting used to all the things, no, tr- no preseason, You know, all these different things and say, okay, what if this is just what they are and it's just what they are, <laughs> which is concerning I don't really have an answer for you on, on how we go forward from here. Um, just keep sweating it out until the clock hits zero every week, I guess. But it is a it you're absolutely correct, and I'm totally with you there that it is definitely a, a concern because last year we did we didn't have this concern. You know, you get the ball, Jalen gets the ball with, you know, however much time left to go down and put put a game away, win a game, and you're like, I'll sit back and put my feet up and, and watch it happen, you know this is not, this is not quite that.
2: Yeah. Hopefully they get that figured out by the playoffs. Hopefully the new, the new defense is here to stay and we can get the old offense back and then we can just roll through the rest of the schedule. But, uh, regardless, as stressful as it is, I would rather be de-stressing on a victory podcast at midnight than a defeat (laughs) podcast. So there is that.
1: There's absolutely that. I also, when we've talked about this, um, if they blow games, especially in like – like if I was a Chiefs fan currently and I am sitting here after losing that game potentially, um, I'm not sleeping tonight. Like I'm getting a shit night's sleep. I, I'm not really sleeping. I'm up at 3 a.m. thinking to myself, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened, and it's just a miserable experience. I am so glad that I don't have to do that tonight because I could I could have been there and I I'm really thankful. Um I'm also I'm I'm with Chris on this one. How do I remove the bubble screens and third and long quarterback sneaks from the playbook? The quarterback draws on third and 9 have got to go. Got to go. Yeah. I, I'm this is actually I I am not typically a like annoyed after a win kind of gal this whole season i've been like don't be miserable like you you know me Uh, don't be miserable over a win like don't be that person this is the most like least excited i've been after a win because it was just so ugly
2: yeah which is crazy because like this the chiefs are the class of the afc like top five defense top five offense and yet it just Feels a little frustrating if we're being honest, but still, I'm still, as we've gone through the podcast, I've become less frustrated and just more happy with it. I, a lot of times, like when I go watch the film later, like a loss, like you can watch the film of a loss and be like, you know, it really wasn't that bad. There was a few bad breaks, whatever. Sometimes you watch the film of a win and you're just like, yeah.
1: How the hell did they do that? <laughs>
2: we'll see where I'm at by the time I do my Wednesday podcast with Johnny. Um, hopefully I feel I- I've got a feeling I'm going to be back a little more to that E phase, but yeah, you know, for now it wins a win until the all 22 comes out. I'm going to celebrate it.
1: Well, I think we're going to look at this last comment that just came in because it's midnight here on the East coast and we're going to wrap it up with this one. So nine and one woohoo. Absolutely. But this one, these people in Kansas City gotta wake up and go to work tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, losers. <laughs> I'm in. I'm so in. <laughs> We're all fine. I'm you know what? I'm happy now. That has made me happy. And that's and that's it. I think we wrap there the, because the
2: only thing that can make Thanksgiving better now is if we can go watch the Commanders beat the Cowboys and watch the Packers beat the Lions. That would make it the best Thanksgiving ever.
1: I would love that. That would be a beautiful time. Let's all hope for that. And uh, then the Eagles are going to kick the crap out of the bills on Sunday. Yes. And it'll be a thrilling experience for all. And then it's time for Christmas Um, for those who celebrate, of course. Um, But we're going to wrap it there. It is late. We need everybody to go to bed. It would be beautiful. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you so much for jumping on with us this late after this late, late, late Monday night game to celebrate a win. Make sure you're following, subscribed everywhere. Shane's going to have stuff coming out this week. I'll have stuff coming out this week. There'll be plenty coming out from everybody on Bleeding Green Nation. As always, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get your podcast, five-star rating, written review, leave the whole thing. We love it. We love reading it, seeing it, the whole thing. But thank you again for joining us on behalf of myself, Shane and Rachelle, thank you so much for hopping on this late hour. Go birds, and we will talk to you next week.
2: Go birds.